everyone. Welcome to Friday Night Live with your hosts, Ben and Rob. In a big win for the cryptocurrency exchange market, the crypto coin XRP won its court battle against the Securities and Exchange Commission. If the SEC had won this court case, though, would it have been one step closer for the government to roll out the central digital bank currency backed by the World Economic Forum? Or is it a double-edged sword, which we're going to get into later in this episode? And in other news, Hollywood actors from the Screen Actors Guild, or the SAG, have begun a strike halting nearly all production that has already stalled due to the writer's strike, which has been going on now for at least a couple of weeks. Yeah, and we'll explore both of these topics as well as other strange and paranormal news. For instance, did you know scientists discovered a mysterious radioactive rock on the far <laughs> side of the moon? Or that archaeologists uncovered Noah's Ark Codex, a calfskin parchment from 13,000 BC? Yeah. How about other news that the International Space Station picked up a UFO for over 20 minutes? Hear about it all. Plus, don't miss out on the weekly Mandela effect or Bendela effect, as we're calling them. The top 10 weirder news of the week and a dig deep live Q&A only on Rise.tv. So we'll see you guys out on the edge. And if you're listening to our Edge of Wonder podcast, please give us a five-star rating and review so we keep making this awesome content for you guys. And um, yeah, and wherever you're watching us, please like and subscribe and hit the notification bell. <laughs> okay, okay. The intro got me. We're going to have to look at some of this stuff. This is crazy. Noah's Ark oh, yeah. Codex. Yeah, is... dude, this is really cool. So, but before we get yeah, into yeah, of course. that, yeah, yeah, Noah's Ark. Um, then there's uh, some radioactive it? rock, moon rock. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's also really strange. And we, we do have some more UFO stuff. There was a, a also a senator involved in a UFO release. Um, talking about again more of like the military having ufos uh in their possession so we have a we have a we have a packed show that's for sure it's a banger <laughs> yes all right um first you know actually we have to give credit to Lindsay because she actually found this first thing that yes. you know, we're, we're gonna kind of play this this is this is pretty interesting this study yeah done. listen to this you guys this will make your day in Ohio State University, where they were feeding rabbits diets that were extremely high in cholesterol. And they found to their amazement, there was one group of rabbits that never got the high cholesterol levels. After a while, they found out that the technician who was feeding these rabbits, instead of just throwing the food at them, he would stroke them and pet them and cuddle them and kiss them and then feed them the same poisonous food. But now as a result of that experience of happiness, they made chemicals inside their brain and their body that turned the cholesterol into a completely different metabolic pathway. So it's not just the food you eat, but what your awareness, what your consciousness and your state of emotions is at the time you're eating. Your state of mind can convert nectar into poison and the other way around. done in Ohio. Wow. So, you know, yeah, what was cool. your take home from this, man? Well, my, I mean, okay, granted, this is just a study of rabbits, right? But he's kind of proving the point that if when we really truly have positive, righteous thoughts and, and are really happy and, you know, feeding each other with compassion, 
then it's like it it doesn't matter as much what we're putting into our bodies because all that positivity is actually can overpower whatever that negative aspect is in our body. That's kind of the way I look at it. It's a great message. My my take home was similar, although I added on potentially dressing up like a rabbit and having your loved ones feed you food. <laughs> I, I mean, how could they not feel love for well, you if you were dressed up like a rabbit, right? Yeah. And on more of a darker twist, um, does that mean we should be eating more rabbits? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Sorry. There was, there was a restaurant guy. that I, I went to a lot that served rabbit, but I never had. I don't know if I can ever eat rabbits. So. Oh yeah, you could, dude. If, you, if, if I was no. hungry and and you know if it's well, like no, no, I you're mean, starving or something. Okay, I mean, look at it this way: if it was prepared right, you know, you you just think it was normal meat, you wouldn't even know, right? Probably not. I don't know what it tastes like though, so I have no idea if it tastes more like chicken or just. Um, I don't know. I would I would tell beef. you that you should come over and we'll rotisserie one, but I feel like people at home might get upset at me, so I'm not going to say that. Not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Do that. Uh, all right. Well, okay. Moving on from rabbits. How about fish? Uh, this was caught. I'm not Dude. even sure where this what was caught. Is I, this? I actually don't know. Somebody needs to tell me what this is. Yeah. It's a cross between an eel and a like a squid or something or jellyfish. It almost looks so big until it starts like moving around. Just keep an eye on it, you guys, because it does start to move after it comes up close to the ship. And like, just see its tail and stuff. Like at yeah. this point, I'm like, okay, it's a, maybe a type of squid or something. But that long fin behind it, yeah, man. I, at this point, I'm looking at that thing and I'm like, is it a mutant? fish like did something go wrong i i have to admit you know? i mean it's kind of like a, a, a majestic in its own light you know like you're looking at this and you're like wow i've never seen this before and it actually looks really cool oh, it doesn't look like it have eyes yeah you i know see that? and like see it just right. it scurried away but watch yeah. its tail like that is so interesting looking yeah man I, I think it's I think it's a really cool looking animal. It almost looks like that the head is like expanding, like that's where its lungs are or something is in the head. <laughs> Somebody on our chat said, "Is that a bat eel?" I've never heard of a bat eel, so I don't know. Bat eel, hmm. a bat eel, maybe. Maybe Lindsay can do a search, a Google search for for bat, a bat eel. Bat eel, yeah. What what is that? It's so weird looking. Yeah, where was this too? Do we know? This was no. That's the only problem. Um, it, it's somewhere. I want to say it was somewhere in South American culture or something, but I don't know. It could have been in the Caribbean, maybe. I mean, wouldn't we see be seeing these things all the time though? If this was common, I mean, yeah. Well, and a lot of people are saying like mermaid and speaking of mermaids in our weirder news later that we're going to get into, there is a reported mermaid that washed up on a beach and it was confirmed that it was a real creature. The question is, is it a mermaid or not? So we'll get into that later when we do our weirder news segment. 
So, yeah, I was like, whoa, finally something, uh, something on mermaids, you know, that actually seems real. So we'll find that out. All right. Um, moving on. Okay. Why don't we do our, um, Mandela effect before we, I'm going to give you trouble on this one. Okay. So this is interesting because I, I came across this on um, a lot of people on on the Internet were freaking out about it. And I, I was curious to see what you would say, Rob, because I figured you would kind of know it from the other standpoint, from the correct where it is now. So well, I just showed it. Oops. Well, is it scan disk or sand disk for the USB flash drive? Well, and I can actually explain this. Uh-huh. It's definitely not Scandisk. It is Sandisk. Okay. For sure. It's always been Sandisk. And the reason why it's called Sandisk is because San means without or not. Interesting. So it's without a disk. That was the whole point. That was why they named it Sandisk. It's like wow. when you have... It's like when you have a font and it's a sans serif mm -hmm. it's because there's no serifs on the font. It's just a clean font, right? So Scandisk never existed. I can see why people would have confused it, but I think this is one of those Mandela effects that people have just kind of forgot and or they have like a different, you know, they have a different, they used to always say it like this, but they never really looked at it carefully. Well, it's really interesting because in the comments here in this post, there's a lot of people that do remember it as scan disc. And, and the person who wrote this is like, this is this is a, this was a scan disc. The last time I bought it was 12 years ago, not sand disc for anyone thinking, you know, Emmys only happened in pop culture. I got this at Target today and people are saying they remember like someone says I remember scan disc. Other people are saying that they remember um it being sand disc, like you were saying. So I, I want to say it, I, I thought I remember it being scan disc because like, you know, I wouldn't have thought about it. Like what the heck does sand disc mean? You know, it's like, I, I that, that's I like with you knowing that much background, especially with the, um, with the, uh, like fonts and whatnot that that's why i was i was really curious about what you would think i was like i bet rob well also have an explanation i mean for it that, so that's that, really interesting that is my explanation but this could just be simply a japanese com company and san is that's true too japanese right that that could be as well yeah you're you're absolutely right about that so Which, i don't know i'm curious what you guys remember for this one but um Interesting. In the chat, it's kind of like most people are saying sand disc. Some people are saying scan though. So interest that's really yeah, pretty cool. Anyway. Now I, I've been using sand discs since they came out because of my design work. Like I've had to put design work on these things for like years and years and years, you know? And I would mm -hmm. I like looked at logos of things feverishly all the time and it was never i mean in my experience it was never scan disc well you know what's so weird is that it don't we get the terminology sd card from 
SanDisk. Like, yeah. isn't it, so that you know, because 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 it's kind of like a Kleenex, right? Like everyone calls it a Kleenex, but really Kleenex is the brand, and it's just really a tissue. Um, yeah. The you know, but but it's like they marketed that way, and it's the same thing from my understanding with scan with with the um, although. I guess okay. I'm looking it up right now. SD card stands for secure digital. Never even knew that. So <laughs> me either. <laughs> I always I always thought it was SAN or SCAN, whatever it was. I I just thought that was like they were the first ones that made it, and that's why we just call it the SD yeah, card. I'm not. So, I'm also. Yeah, it's really not very secure. So I'm confused why. <laughs> <laughs> i guess the only reason it has that little lock thing on it that that's yeah that's oh, okay yeah. that's true like kind of like it. those old hard disks you remember that yeah, that yeah. switch on the hard disks in the past i was yeah, what really. i like i i turned the tv on for a second and um and one of the earlier uh fast and furious movies was on mm-hmm. and it was this really funny scene where this like um what was the guy that died? What was his name again? Um, Paul Walker. Paul Walker it sits mm-hmm. down next to this kid who's in front of a computer and the kid pops in a hard drive disc and he's like showing him <laughs> stuff on his computer like it's really cool. And um, and Paul Walker's like amazed at what the kid's doing. And I was like, man, this looks so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. It was really funny. Yeah, it was this it was this this movie. Yeah, the first I haven't seen the first one and I don't even know when last time I saw that yeah. movie. Me either. It hasn't aged well. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely hasn't aged well. Like certain things age well, like Blade Runner aged well. Yeah. You know? Well, anything when, when, you, when you're starting to talk literally about like what computers are, or what what's like when you're like, wow, look at this feature, you know, and talking about in the 90s that it's just like, uh, yeah, that's that's so like that's why hackers got outdated so fast you know they were just using all yeah you know it's too bad we can't do like watch um watch uh lives with our 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 subscribers because it'd be really funny to watch like really bad movies that haven't aged well with everyone and just like joke around about it (laughs) It actually i'd want to watch like hackers we, can, we may be able to do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe if it's on a secure platform, maybe. No, because they. Uh, um, oh, never. Wait, I think because okay, there's 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 like the Mystery Science Theater three thousand and Rift Tracks. Rift Tracks does that, but actually, I think they. Well, they buy rights to all. They either right buy rights or wait till the rights expire on a movie. <laughs> well, right, and and the brilliance of mystery, yeah, the brilliance of Mystery Science Theater three thousand is like they're like they either waited until they were all free or they batch bought a, just a bunch of useless stuff. And then <laughs> totally useless. Had a ball with them. <laughs> yeah. That was the other thing too. What? I mean, it's really not that difficult to get a right, a rights of a movie. If it's really bad, no one wants to watch it. <laughs> yeah. We have to watch mystery science theater 3000 all the time at home. Like it yeah. always be on with the three guys. And like, I'd get bored a lot of times because the movies were so bad. And sometimes oh, yeah. even, even the characters in the front, wouldn't have anything to say. It was just no, bad. It was just bad. It really was. I think it was Time Chasers. That's one of my favorite ones from Mystery Science Theater 3000. I'm pretty sure it's called Time Tracer Chasers. There's so. a lot of, there's just so much bad stuff we could watch. Like yeah. that E-Man movie 
from 1988 or something. Oh, man, I was so disappointed. I was so excited for that movie. And I'm like, what is this? And then like, wasn't at all. Orko. like, who is this? That, like, that movie gave all movies a bad rap for not following the actual story ever. Yeah. Oh, man, you know? I know. But speaking of bad movie or, or like not following the original storyline, um, which we'll get into later, we'll talk about Snow White. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me about Oppenheimer. I was going to start laughing. <laughs> oh, no, I, have, I haven't. I don't know much about it. That movie. It's gotten pretty good reviews. But oh, it's a Christopher Nolan film. So yeah. I'm sure I'm going to. Of course, like I, I need want, to go I want to see it. Yeah. Have you heard about this whole thing called Barbenheimer? <laughs> so Barbenheimer is this big thing. And actually, it's a really brilliant marketing because idea, because both Barbie and Oppenheimer are coming out the same day. Oh, yeah, they are coming out the same day. Yeah, so everyone's like there are these T-shirts that have been designed that starts off with the Barbie logo and then ends with the Oppenheimer logo. So it's Barbenheimer. And so people are going to go to watch both movies one after the other. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I think I'm going to do it. On right. July 21st, I'm going to go and I'm going to take part in Barbenheimer. Yeah. And I'm going to dress up like an Oompa Barbie. Loompa. Uh, <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> Somebody said something about an Oompa Loompa. Oompa Loompa. Or <laughs> Ken. Wow. Okay. That's, that's, I, I don't, I, I would probably want to see Barbie first to get it out of the way and <laughs> see him. <laughs> Well, actually, but, uh, I was thinking about this, and I can't, even though it's called Barbenheimer, I mm -hmm. think I would rather watch Oppenheimer first and end with something light and funny. You know what I mean? I, I don't know if Barbie's going to be light and funny. No, it <laughs> could be bad, ridiculous. It's supposed to be really good. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, it's like at least it's like not because, you know, Christopher Nolan movies, like you'll afterwards, you're like, you have to like shut down for a couple of days and think about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I still yeah, actually what was that what was the one war movie that he came out with recently? I can't think of the name of it. Christopher now. Nolan? Tenet. Yeah. No, 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 before Tenet. It, it was the war was the war oh, movie. 1912 or whatever or not No, I don't think he did that one. Yeah, um, it was something like um Gosh, I can't think of it. I saw it in the theater anyway. It was it's like it's like it's just nonstop the whole movie. It's just, it's like you literally feel like you're in a war where there's like no pause. Dunkirk, sorry, it was Dunkirk. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, uh, that was that was intense. Dunkirk I was, like, was was very good. Yeah, it was really good. I just don't know if I was like, wow, I don't know if I can sit through this one more time. But it was really good. If you haven't seen it, it's it's worth seeing for sure. So, all right. Um, well, let's see, we're going to be moving on, but then we have to play a, a we're going to show a trailer too for our rise.tv and we get back, we'll talk about the, um, Noah's Ark codex from 13,000 BC and what this actually means. All right. And we're just waiting for Lindsay to play a trailer. We probably sprung that Lindsay's on her like, a little you bit. You guys, it takes me six minutes to pull up a trailer. Ah, youth, a time of fun, pranks, and jokes. A time of hopscotch, ice cream floats, soda pop, and double dates at the drive-in. It's a time for finding one's place in the world. But in these troubled times, the innocence of youth has been capitalized on and manipulated for profit. This is a sugar and marketing manipulation PSA from Edge of Wonder.
And it's one you've never heard before. Did you know that sugar was unhealthy? Yes. Did you know that companies like Coke and Pepsi fund health research? You aren't supposed to know that. Did you know that the history of sugar involves a deliberate agenda to hook children like a drug and use marketing, media, and subliminal messaging to purposely manipulate not just children, but even parents? There's a fine white powder lurking in your cupboard, and it isn't cocaine. Join Edge of Wonder for a deep dive into the sickly sweet world of the sugar agenda that has infiltrated your home, your children's minds, and even the world's governments. This expose will reveal the truth being kept from you. But more importantly, you'll learn what to look out for so the manipulation can't continue. Well, Ben, that was our um, our big food agenda series, which is pretty interesting. Uh, even though you guys already probably know that sugar is such a destructive force, <laughs> that yeah, that series really sheds light on it and explains the ins and outs of the entire thing in a really interesting way that relates it all to food and what's going on in our bodies. So. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to get around all of that, we're going to require that you dress up like a bunny rabbit and then go get a lot of love and attention from your loved ones before you eat any of the sugar <laughs> that you're putting in your bodies. Just don't dress up as the um... oh, I oh, forgot the, um, the one from Don, that movie. Don, was that Donnie um, Darko? Donnie, yeah, don't dress up like that funny. You know, what's funny <laughs> is after we were talking about that, I was like, I, I had this like visualization of one of us in one of those bunny outfits that's like asking someone to feed them (laughs) oh man that's so creepy but that movie was really excellent like it's a great sci-fi movie i think Lindsay was trying to pull up something but maybe it didn't work Lindsay's pulling up a a a photo of the invisible man (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i don't know what happened there i don't know either but anyway all right um yeah. So, oh, but and by the way, you guys, like what we just showed all of that with our trailer with the uh, the food agenda, that's all on rise.tv. We have a whole massive series on basically everything you can potentially think of. Um, so you can find all of those on rise.tv and of course now we're we're releasing some things um publicly, but for the whole series you can find it on rise tv. All right. This is this is. I don't know why this is not being uh, more promoted in the media. I mean, I guess it's because it is the media, or just yeah. or just given fair, like due diligence and analysis at the yeah. very least. Yeah, that's what I would say too. So, um, archaeologists uncover Noah's Ark codec. So it's a calfskin parchment from thirteen thousand years ago and we might be in a minute so you're having some technical difficulties because nothing is popping up yeah popping up for you no it is not no i'm talking about for Lindsay. Lindsay, the last one popped up for me but this one looks like it's loading that's strange hmm try it one more time you want to try it one more time yeah there's nothing there (laughs) 
giving us the invisible man again. You want to log out and log back in? I'll Meanwhile, be right back. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no problem. Let me see if I can um, share this. You can read. You can start reading this, Rob. Yeah. Okay. So according to Maritime Executives, Joel Klenick, Clank, I guess his name is, a calfskin parchment was found inside Noah's Ark recently discovered, which was estimated to be from the period of 13,100 to 9,600 BC and thereabouts. So, uh, you know, give it a, a good three, 3,000 years there. The uh, parchment contained Paleo-Hebrew letters, numbers, and grammar thought to be written by one of the four individuals mentioned in both Genesis 6.10 and the Quran, such as Noah, Shem, Ham, Japheth, or the wives. Hmm. Okay. And um, <clears throat> Joel Clank from Academia.edu asserts that Noah's Ark, accessible through tunnels, four to 11 meters below ground level and located in the southern gorge of Mount Ararat is the most impressive archaeological site of all time. The vessel is estimated to have been built in the late Epipaleolithic period, which was what I said, 13,100 to 9,600 BC and is approximately 158 meters long with a height of 3,900 to 4,700 meters. Additionally, there are 14 archaeological features in total. Yeah, and one of the main things is that the Armer Ar Arminians have been trying to um, conceal. Like, this is why, I, I, this could be why publicly it's not being promoted. You know, um, we even had recently on our show of talking about Lost City, or um, not Lost City of Atlantis, I'm sorry, about Garden of Eden. We brought this up that they might have found um, Noah's Ark and where they think it actually is. And you can see the shape of it. And the guy named Ron White was one of the people to kind of find it. And the Turkish government actually came out in support that they also believe that it is um, the Noah's Ark. And it's saying the Armenians have been potentially trying to conceal uh, where this is to not have you know looters and stuff coming everything in. Yeah. yeah yeah it's kind of like a sacred thing so anyway um Lindsay, can you pull up an image while we're talking of mount ararat mm -hmm. oh, there's our oh, look, there it is mount ararat yeah just kidding because the interesting thing about the ark again it's kind of like uh similar sto story to moses too where it does connect with islam christianity and judaism so it kind of has a all of those and so they're worried that it could create kind of like a some kind of fighting i mean it says here is 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 that um you know some people might want to try to demolish it some people might try to take it whatever it is so that's one of the reasons why some people had to uh try to conceal where it is but the the Turkish government have or yeah in Turkey have come out in support of this. So but this this parchment this is this is insane because I mean this this is uh if this is especially if this is written by someone in Noah's family or Noah himself, I mean this is this is like massive and this just shows that that this whole period is actually true. Well and and 
isn't it in the Bible that he landed on Mount Ararat? Well, it's not directly, but it does mention a very specific. It says the name of the mountain, but it's not Ararat now in today's world. Um, I mean, like the name of it. But when we were doing the Garden of Eden, what a lot of scholars came to believe is that it, that must be the resting place based on the geo geographical locations of where things are, where they feel like they might have ended up and being the tallest peak in that area. So that how, was okay. So conclusion. how tall is Mount Ararat? Do we know um, the, the height and feet? I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. I don't know the exact numbers of that. I, I think we actually mentioned it in the sh in our Garden of Eden series, but I kind of forget now what the exact. I mean, it's not. It's, it's not like seventeen thousand feet or a... about five thousand meters above sea level. Okay, thanks. Lance. This is almost 17,000 feet high. This is a big, big mountain. That's big. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, think about it. If everything is flooded, and then, you know, realistically, you're only seeing maybe a portion of that peak, and then everyone, like, kind of rests on that mountain, and then gradually the flood, <clears throat> you know, goes away, and then that's that's kind of... Now, dude, check this out. Its last eruption was July 2nd, 1840, so this is a this is a new. fairly active volcano. Yeah. They say it's dormant, but 1840 was not that long ago. That was not long ago. That that's a lot sooner than I so realized. It consists of two major volcanic cones. This mm -hmm. greater Ararat and that little smaller mountain I guess beside it. That's wow. That's really okay, cool. actually, the Bible says mountains, plural, of Ararat, not mountain, singular. Does it mention Ararat directly? Well, it does say that it, it this entry says that it does. Actually, the Bible says mountains, plural, of Ararat, not mountain. Okay, it, do, it does mention. Okay, I, I was all after the flood, it says that the people journeyed from the east and settled in the plain of Shinar, which is in southern Iraq, which became Babel. Mount Ararat is north of the plain of Shinar, not east. Hmm. That's really hmm. Some prominent Bible scholars believe the Ark to be in the western mountains of Iran. They're really tall mountains there. Hmm. Oh, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Iran also has really tall well, mountains. And, and dude, I mean, what's like, what's really interesting too is like, if that's the case, if Babel was in Iraq, which you know probably it was. Um, we've got Saudi Arabia now with the tallest building in the world, and it's like, you know, just sounds a little bit similar to the Tower of Babel. Like Babel. Yeah. Yeah. It does that's weird? It is. That thing is like two times bigger than than like the or more than like the um world uh trade over here oh yeah oh yeah freedom tower or whatever yeah is this mount doom Lindsay? i don't know what this is yes oh so that's lord of the rings oh okay <laughs> i was like is that a real volcano is, i don't know if that is that, that was mount ararat if it looked exactly like mount doom <laughs> that's funny that's funny all right. Why don't we, uh, that, that was really cool. Unfortunately, there's not a lot more information that's, I mean, cause this is, this is so new. Hopefully there will be more information about that. Um, but that was definitely 
very awesome story. But okay, why don't we get to the the SAG strike? So, um, the because like okay, so the main thing, and this is I had no idea that Fran Drescher was the was the uh, president of dude. Fran Drescher is a legend among yeah. Jewish folks. Yeah, she's a legend in general, she's but especially among her people. Yeah, I can definitely confirm that one. I grew yeah. up Jewish, and Fran is like the young people's Barbara Streisand. Mm. And she's a she is. I mean, gosh. First of all, she was hilarious on the nanny, like outrageously funny. But she's still she's just like smart as a whip. Yeah. And she's and she's still married to that doctor guy, right? Doctor Shiva. Shiva, yeah. Yeah. So fascinating. It is. Well, what an interesting couple. Yeah, Outward. really. And uh so a lot of people didn't know that she was the president, even that were part of the the SAG community. And um and Dude, so it's so so the main thing that they're protesting against is not necessarily more pay, but for uh, a, the AI aspect, uh, AI being used in their images. And actually, dude, there's Wait, a used in their writing. You mean? No images or writing. What are you talking like, about? Like, like in AI, like them acting, but it's not them. It's actually AI oh, creation, oh, yes, like yes, digital okay. AI. So there's, yeah. but there's many things going on, right? We're not just talking about digital AI acting. We're also talking about the Writers Guild having a problem. Well, yeah. So there's two right. things. Right. First, there was the Writers Guild, which was protesting against AI and their jobs and everything. Now the actors came out saying that they also don't really want AI to replace them. So there's a Black Mirror episode, and I can't remember. I can't remember what it's called. It actually might be called um, Janet. I think it might just, just be called Janet or something. And it's on Netflix, but it, it starts out with this girl and her boyfriend watching what's like supposed to be Netflix. And it's not Netflix. It's like called something different. And there's a movie called Janet or a show called Janet. And it, she's like, that looks like me. So they start watching the show and it's Selma Hayek in this show that they're watching on net, like, supposedly netflix and it's her life and it's like everything that she's doing in her life she's seeing on screen and it and it's even happening simultaneously like as like they're having this conversation she's like seeing it on the screen and so she freaks out and like you know it's showing her whole life and she doesn't know what's going on so she wants to sue and it's like oh when you signed up for netflix you wrote on page, you know, 63 here, we can use your likeness or whatever, you know. Meanwhile, they, she finds out that it's all CGI and AI. And that's actually not Sam, Salma Hayek. Or Hayek. Salma Hayek, yeah. Yeah, so Salma Hayek goes to the Netflix and she's freaking out because she's like, hey, this isn't me. I'm not acting. You guys are using this AI image as me. And they're like, oh, no, you signed our contract and we can do whatever we want with your image now. And so the but two but was them, it were they using Netflix in a Netflix show? Yes. <laughs> but it wasn't called Netflix, but it looked exactly uh, like Netflix, you okay, know, because right. it's on Netflix, but it was called like uh, I don't know. Uh, I would have been like I would have been impressed if they actually something. used the Netflix brand because that would have been smart, but no. They were like Yeah, it's it, it was really fascinating. It really was because it's just you're thinking about this and then it kind of shows the two of them teaming up together at some point because they're like, Oh my gosh, you know, she's like my reputation's at stake. And she's like, my reputation's at stake. Cause this is not even me acting. It's this AI. And I didn't agree to this. I don't want to do this. So it's just, it was really weird. So 
a lot of people are referencing this Black Mirror episode because of what's happening with the strike and the AI. But um, here's here's a there's a couple of videos of Fran and man, she she's just awesome how she breaks things down. This is pretty or this was a little bit longer. But yeah, we show this one. I cannot believe it, quite frankly, how far apart we are on so many things, how they plead poverty, that they're losing money left and right when giving hundreds of millions of dollars to their CEOs. It is disgusting. Shame on them. They stand on the wrong side of history at this very moment. We stand in solidarity, in unprecedented unity. Our union and our sister unions and the unions around the world are standing by us as well as other labor unions. Because at some point, the jig is up. You cannot keep being dwindled and marginalized and disrespected and dishonored. The entire business model has been changed by streaming, digital, AI. This is a moment of history that is a moment of truth. If we don't stand tall right now, we are all going to be in trouble. We are all going to be in jeopardy of being replaced by machines and big business. Who cares more about Wall Street than you and your family? Most of Americans don't have more than $500 in, a, in an emergency. Wow. No, true. I mean, true. Uh, I mean, but you know what's funny is like the actors are butthurt about this where Honestly, this is affecting most industries. No, it's a, you're absolutely right. In fact, like they're at um, least doing so. I mean, they're at least doing something, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the difference is that, you know, you're, you're writing something for a company and it's like, oh, we don't need to use your we don't need to use you anymore. We're just going to use AI. The difference with the actors is like, oh, we're, you don't need to act. We're just going to create this AI image of you using your voice and everything else and we don't even need you anymore and unfortunately in a lot of the contracts it's like the music industry when people were signing record deals because the music industry and the labels didn't really know what the medium was going to do in the future they made it very ambiguous so it was like any format that exists in the future we own so when mp3 started coming out all of the the creators that were making the music were like, hey, this is like, we own this, this is ours. And the record labels were like, nope, you signed this right here 10 years ago, it's ours. Because you know we didn't know what the future was gonna hold. So they have these clauses in these contracts. And unfortunately, a lot of the, it's like that Black Mirror episode. And by the way, yeah, the Black Mirror episode is called Joan is Awful. That, that's the name of it. Because she's like a really mean person. And so it's like her whole life is being exposed and, and, that, and that's kind of like what the episode is and she's trying to change then. But, um, but yeah, that's, I think that's why everyone's a little bit more of a, afraid of this where in the writers, it's just like, Oh, well we don't, you know, we're not going to pay you like, you know, a hundred thousand dollars to write this. We'll just, 
use AI and that's it. You know, we'll just have our editors look over it. Or it's like they may contribute a small amount just so they can have that writer's name on the credit line, you know, so it makes it look good. But it's like AI that's wrote like, you know, half. I of feel it. like the writers are way more screwed than the actors. I, I, that's what I mean. I think so too. Because and the actors could too. Artists and writers, I think, are the most screwed right now. And actors, of course, they're coming for them next. But I, this whole thing that's going on, I'm glad it's going on. And I think it may lead to the dominoes are falling. Let's put it that way. And I, I don't think AI is going to go on much longer, personally. I think that there's, there has to be a series of events that occur that, that undermine AI's development. Well, there already is, actually. Well, um, yeah, go ahead, tell me. What, what they're finding is that, especially for the open AI and, and the, the, the more advanced version that they have, how much it costs them every time a, a question is asked by anybody. So anytime a response is given, and because so many people have been using it, they're realizing this is costing massive amount of money. And so they're, they're intentionally kind of holding off now of advancing AI specifically because of the amount of um, servers that are needed to host it and how much money it costs. So that I was like, that's really interesting. Now that could actually be more of an excuse for something different, but what do you mean? I mean, like in a sense of maybe something is happening more in the AI world and the back end of something, you know, it's more, more of in a sense of, uh, or, or maybe on a higher perspective on a higher level, you know, maybe this is like God saying like, Nope, you cannot do this anymore. And it's just well, kind of manifesting at this like, level of like oh it's costing too much we can't really do it anymore well i mean think about the state of a future society where humans just don't have to use their brains that much yeah. like i just feel like we would become because these things like writing acting um artistic skills photography they push your mind in a in a specific way and and you take all of that creativity out of society and you give it over to a machine and you've literally taken the thing away that makes human beings special, this creativity part of them, and you're throwing it in the trash and mm -hmm. asking them not to do it anymore. And people have no, they have no reason to be ambitious and to learn and to get better at something. This is just dangerous. It is. I don't it see is. that going well. Yeah. Yep. All right, so Lindsay found something else related to this. This is Michael Jammin. Um, Great last name. Yeah, yeah. I think he, he's been a writer in Hollywood for something like 30 years, and he worked on King of the Hill and Beavis and Butthead and those kind of comedy um, shows. And his Instagram has some really interesting videos about writing and stuff, but they, he's also been updating about the writer's strike the whole time. Hmm. Negotiations between the Actors Guild and the studios has broken down, and starting tomorrow, the actors will be on strike with the writers. Why tomorrow? Because they need a day to get into hair and makeup, actors. <laughs> so things are about to get real, because the studios, they don't really like writers. They just suffer us, because we're kind of difficult. My words! Shut up with your words. Just type, you moron. But they love actors, even though actors can be even more difficult. But actors, at least they're celebrities, and, and the studios, you know, 
They're star efforts. They love you. I've been to their homes and there's like pictures everywhere of their arms around every celebrity they've ever worked with. And you're like, where are the pictures of your kids? And they're like, well, they're around here somewhere looking on the floor. So this is how negotiations usually break down. Funny. After a bunch of rounds, the studios say, listen, we can't afford to give you any more. If we give you more, we'll go out of business. So this is our last and final offer. Take it or leave it. Then the writers or the actors go on strike. And then two or three months later, the studios say, you know what? Turns out we found some extra money behind the couch and we can't afford to give you health and pension and more residuals and stuff like that. And then they go on for the next 15 years to record profits. So, you know, don't always buy what they're saying. This strike is a little different. And that's a fact. You could, that's history. You can look it up. But this strike, in my opinion, is a little different. And that's not fact. It's just my opinion. I think this is more about AI. And I think the studios are thinking, you know what? In maybe five or 10 years, not quite now, but in five or 10 years, we won't need to hire as many writers or actors or even uh, crew members because we can shoot these movies and TV shows inside the computer. So I obviously pay attention. Your jobs uh, are on the line, too. So they're thinking we can cut our labor costs to a fraction by using AI, right? And so that's why we are fighting for our, our livelihoods. Now, some of you are going to say you're all fools because you can't stop the spread of technology. It's inevitable, to which I say maybe you're right. But you know what? Every single actor and writer who got into the business are dreamers who chase the dream and manage to catch it. We know what it's like to fight fights that are ridiculously hard, right? And what do actors start off as? Waiters. They know what it's like to struggle. I was never a waiter, although I was scooping yogurt at Humphrey Yogurt and, and the Beverly Connection. Who recognizes me from the white apron I used to wear? So I know what it's like to struggle, too. And so, yeah, are we fighting a fight we can't win? I don't know. Maybe not. But that's not, we will still fight it because that's what we do. You know, a few years ago, I was getting my annual physical from my doctor. And he was like, what show are you working on? And I was like, it's been a couple of months. I'm in between gigs. And he was like, well, I don't know if I can handle it. I don't know, I don't know how you guys do it. You know, 30 seconds later, no joke, he had his hand up my ass. And I'm thinking, you know what? There are parts about your career that I don't think I would like. Or would I? Anyway, for more about what it's like <laughs> to be a TV writer on strike, keep following me here at Michael Jammin Writer. So the negotiation. <laughs> that was pretty comedically uh well done yeah his page is really good wow okay so, so yeah here we here we go so sense. the 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 sag strike jason yeah. sudeikis rosa rosario dawson and morsars descend on picket lines um so well, actors, yep go ahead well what i was gonna you know he kind of brought it up too because traditionally I, the actors that usually go on strike aren't typically A-list actors because, you know, they're the ones making all the money and it's like, they, you know, so it's like whatever. And then, like you said, industries like here's some money. What's different with the AI aspect is that this is mostly affecting the, the top people, you know, or could be affecting them because it's like, well, instead of paying you a millions upon millions of dollars, we'll just use your AI image and, you know, call it a day. Well, and there right. is an absurd amount of money in these places like they and this is one of the reasons why I think the actors go on strike is like they know that these studios are BSing and that they have tons mm -hmm. and tons of cash and that they're just being, you know, cheap or whatever you want to call it. Right. And so we're talking about like billions and billions and billions of dollars in these areas. So when you like when they want to increase margins by pushing out an entire group of people, you know, 
it just doesn't make sense. It's like the rich get richer, the poor get poorer. And there's more, way more of a separation or a margin between both of these groups now, more and more every, every day, every year, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is, we'll keep an eye on this to see what happens. I'm, I'm really curious to see how the, the studios are going to respond to this, but, but on the, on the other aspect of the coin is, all production in Hollywood pretty much came to a halt to, you know, over the last two days. So pretty much everything <laughs> came to a halt. Um, yeah. That means no new Netflix series, no new movies, no new anything. Basically everything is at a halt. Yeah. Pretty much all everything. the studios that are connected yeah. to this. Unless it's like some kind of independent film, something like that, or something really not connected or, you know, that, that would be the only thing or people not working in, or not not associated with SAG, but most of the um, actors in Hollywood are associated with SAG. So um, there's like different rules and regulations. Like if you're part of SAG, you're not technically supposed to be working for. Uh, I mean, film. This is an opportunity, not- I think, Ben, for you and I. We should just start creating movies and be every actor in the movie. And we could just use their. <laughs> No, actually, that would be great. We can Sometimes do that. I have brilliant ideas, you know? Yeah, we could try that and see if it works. It's not going to go well when there's a black character. We're going to get mm-hmm. we're going to get fried for that. That is true. We'll just hire Dom. <laughs> there you go. Bring in Dom. He'll be every black character in there. <laughs> he will be every Jewish character in there. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. I'm sure Dom would do it, too. You'd be down for it. Oh, Dom would have We'd have a ball with him. <laughs> Dom does our uh, he does a lot of our um, kind of our social media content and uh, some of the things behind the scenes for what Rob and I do. So he's cool. He's a fun guy. All right. Um, the cryptocurrency. Let's yeah. Get into this whole XRP thing, which is kind of confusing, but very fascinating. Um, so this XRP, which is which is a crypto like what they're calling an altcoin, an alternate coin is like not one of the main ones. Like, yeah, everyone knows Bitcoin and um, Ethereum and Litecoin are pretty much the main three. And then everything else they kind of call an altcoin. And the SC, the SEC has been um, putting, has put a halt on this company, which is the main company is called Ripples. It's Ripple. And then they have this token, this XRP, and basically the whole thing has been: is this a securities? And wait, is this what? It's is it is it does it fall under a security? Oh, I see. You know, like a security exchange. And what that means, basically, it is kind of like a um, it's kind of a black, like a gray area for for all aspects of this. So. You know, like if Rob and I were starting a business and we want to, um, you know, get funding and and whatnot, and then it's like, let's say we have like shares of that company, we get, you know, investors investing in our company, and then it's like, hey, you'll get a return after X amount of time, let's say a year, you'll get a return on your investment and whatever. That would be considered uh, by the SEC like an exchange or security part of this whole securities package and everything else. But if we created a coin and we just put that out there, not 
trying to get investing for it, just saying, Hey, you can buy this as like, you know, somebody, one of our fans can go out there and just buy a coin. Then it's like, that's, that that's different. But if we had coins and we went to investors, this is where it gets all confusing. And this is, it's, it's interesting because on one side you have some people more so the Democrats trying to control and manipulate how the cryptocurrency world works. And, and that's, and it's not just Democrats, but it's more kind of, uh, you know, BlackRock kind of associated people and, and world economic forum and things like that. There's other Congress people out there that are like, no, you know, this should be totally separate and crypto should be, you know, it shouldn't be controlled or regulated by any kind of um, government or identity bank or whatever it is. So that's why this is kind of important because what this kind what the winning of this did was kind of saying, Hey, this isn't like, yeah, we won this case. So it's not really, it doesn't need to be regulated. You know, we don't want the government to be, to, to regulate this. So in the last two days, it kind of drove up um, all cryptocurrency. This is the highest it's ever been since 2001, 2021. So from the other day, because of, of this landmark ruling and what happened and everything else. So that's the positive aspect of this. It, it was kind of like, hey, you know, big government in a way, um, you know, it, it won over the like it won against big government. But the downside is, is that, um, you know, as I was looking into this a little bit more, and I didn't realize this until way later, is that XRP has been promoted by the World Economic Forum. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I yeah, think any, any digital currency would be promoted by them, right? Because they're trying kinda, to. Well, not necessarily. And oh. I think what makes XRP different was how they how they got started up and everything. But so. And because of what they did with trying to go go around the the, the Securities Exchange Commission, you know, it was like they were trying to go around this. So I think what happened was in BlackRock is now involved with XRP too. So I think what's so then what's their what's the catch here with XRP? Yeah. So the ultimate goal, as we know, of like the World Economic Forum would be to create the um uh central bank digital currency yes exactly and and so and it's our in one country they, they've already kind of like take taken a step to actually achieve this mm. and i think it was in india i can't remember exactly which country it was now we have it have, have it here in the dock but that was this country is moving closer to having this centralized digital global currency and and i want to say it was some could be india but um and it was it was just one exchange that that kind of did this so i think what from my understanding of all of this to, to kind of break it down in like a simple way i think what happened was blackrock it was like we need to win this no matter what happens if they lose this if they win this we need to make sure we win so I think BlackRock invested into this on both sides. So in other words, if the SEC won, 
It's like, great. That's one step closer for creating our, you know, centralized digital or um, banking digital currency, you know, but then it's like, well, what happens if they lose? Well, if they lose, let's invest into XRP and that way we can get them to kind of mold into the direction that we want them to mold into because we're providing the capital at this point. And I think that's exactly what happened. So that's why this, it's like a win for the little people out there that aren't in big business and aren't doing this for, you know, investing into like hundreds of millions of dollars. It's just like, you know, for your average person out there, that's just kind of investing into cryptocurrency. Of course, this is a win for all, for, for the general public out there, because it's like, oh, great. You know, it's like the little guy kind of um, you know, lost against or won against the SEC. So now it's like, you know, we don't have all, we don't have to worry about as many rules and regulations right now. And um, this kind of sets a precedent for future lawsuits against the SEC as well. And that's 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 the positive angle. The negative angle is that um, BlackRock or some World Economic Forum company could come in and start like throwing money around and it's like you know on the surface it's like oh great look this company's like blackrock's like giving us money like isn't this a good thing and you know it's helping us out and everything else but it's like it's they don't black care rock. it's yeah. black yeah yeah that so, sounds that sounds like um like short-term benefits long-term drawbacks that's me that's exactly it and and it's like they're hoping that people are not going to be looking into the long-term drawbacks. It's like, which oh, is, great. which is like term, every won. single bill that gets written now in yeah. every, every country. <laughs> yeah. 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 And someone actually, um, beach bum in the chat said XRP was created to help transfer currency between banks. This is my understanding. And this is from my understanding why it's important to the world economic form, because, <laughs> It's, it's like if you want to create a one digital global currency, well, you're going to need all the banks to start using this. And, and then the Web3 comes in and this is supposedly, you know, it's like, you know, on the surface, they're like, oh, we're, we're building this on like blockchain technology. Everything is more secure than ever before because of the blockchain technology. But then it's like, well, we're going to shut everything else down and you're only going to be able to trade with this one thing. You know, that's that's the ultimate fear and the ultimate goal that that i think for me personally i think the world economic forum has with all of this whether or not that would ever happen is another story um i do think that there are there are positive and good people within politics within the system that that are really trying hard not to get this to happen because everyone's going to be affected if this does no matter who they are so mm. but yeah anyway so that it's it's a uh yeah. It, you know, it's like it's weird, too, because a couple years ago prior, like when Trump was kind of president still, a lot of these big corporations and, and companies were talking about how they were speaking out against especially like J.P. Morgan. They were one of the biggest, um, uh, you know, talking against cryptocurrency for so long. And then all of a sudden he changed his tone and was just like, hey, we're going to invest in the crypto now. This is a good thing. And it was like, whoa, what just happened here? Why are all the banks all of a sudden yeah. for this? You know, what? what's the yeah. plan? Something was presented. And then all of a sudden, like six months later, 
they're talking about the the CBDC, you know, the 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 global banking digital currency, and then that's like, okay, that's what happened right there. They saw how they can use this, and then all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, we'll throw some money into this, and like you said, it's like a short term thing, like yay, and then boom, they control it. So, no, it's like honestly, I I do still think that that cryptocurrency is a good thing because it's not centralized, but like everything else, it can just be manipulated and used depending on who has the most money and who's who's investing in it. So, right. But yeah. So anyway, um, that's that's all what happened the other day. So there was there was actually quite a few people um, that made money if they had the XRP. I actually, I have a lot of friends who 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 got it a long time ago when it was like hardly anything. So everyone was like like texting me like, "This is actually really cool." <laughs> It's like, can you break this down to me and explain this a little bit? Because I'm still kind. Of, and then, so a lot of my friends were like helping me understand it. But um, you know, it's still, it's like anything else. You know, it can still be used and manipulated. So yeah, we've got some interesting comments here in the chat. Mm -hmm. um, Beach bum said XRP was created to help transfer currency between banks. Is my understanding? Interesting. Um. Kel Kaleko said BlackRock is trying to get uh, or is trying to get a TEF for Bitcoin. I'm not sure exactly what that means. But then also it. XRP is for cross border payments. So that's interesting if that's true, because if, if they're if they created XRP for yeah. uh, transferring money between banks, then that is sort of a potential future. Um like part of the future strategy of digital currencies being, you know, crossed yeah, over. I, you transfer over into XRP and then kind of. Yeah. I think that the 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 original creators of this had good intentions, but I think now that it sounds like, you know, once the World Economic Forum and the uh, BlackRock kind of got involved, it was like, you know, I'm sure they made a boatload of money on this, and that's kind of all they're looking at, and. You know, and they may actually have good intentions of wanting to help the world, but unfortunately, this could be utilized as a way to well, roll out. Um, but and I mean, anything can be right. There's yeah, it's true though. Good things yeah. that that people have taken and, advantage of and turned. That I mean, if you, I mean, and this is the problem for the good people because of this notion or this mindset of thinking like, oh, how can I, how can I utilize this to like, you know, really twist and warp this. And, you know, do something really bad for humanity and get rich from this. You know, I mean, granted, there are people out there, but it's like it's it's hard because some people really want to do something that's good. And if someone out there is like Bill Gates or, you know, Mark Zuckerberg or whoever it is, is like, hey, this hey, this is actually we can use it. You, we can utilize this to push an agenda. And then it's like, you know, you call that that person like, hey, we really want to invest in this. You know, we think this is a great this is the great opportunity for the future, blah, 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 blah. And then slowly they take it all over. So basically what China does for all companies. <laughs> I mean, you can pretty much say that with the CCP. They're always like, you know, oh, everything's great. We'll give you whatever you want. And then at the end of the day, they take everything over. Yeah. So. All right. Um, we Time for a trailer, I think. Yeah, we have we have a trailer. We still have some stuff to get into, so let's play let's, a trailer. Let's do it. It's weird. It's informative. It's supernatural. 
It's Friday Night Live on Rise.TV. We looked into Microsoft's launch of the next version of ChatGPT, which even has developers wondering if technology is going too far. Well, everyone is sick of fear and politics, which is why we started this show back in 2018 to talk about the weirdest news and most entertaining information we find each week. Nickelback might be the reason why we have life on Earth. The advertising board caused hilarity among many drivers. A real-life Terminator liquid metal T-1000. Let's laugh at the headlines on Friday Night Live on Rise.TV. A vast secret history. A lost ancient civilization. An empire they tried to erase. Tartaria's hidden past is just as fictional as Atlantis. Or is it? Humanoid giants. Magical creatures that shouldn't exist. Dogmen. Centaurs. Magicians. And evil spirits. Why did the Soviet communists remove all traces of Tartaria from their books? Why was it so important to wipe Tartaria off the face of the earth? Take a glimpse into the truth of the past. You were never supposed to know. So did Genghis Khan's ancestors and the Tartarians really discover America? Was Tartaria a global civilization? Forgotten maps. The journals of Marco Polo. Ancient structures. Evidence of advanced technology. Edge of Wonder brings you Tartaria. That was our Tartaria series over on uh, Rise.TV. Uh, that's a really fun series. If you guys haven't seen it, um, definitely go check that out. Uh, you can subscribe to Rise TV by just paying $9.99 a month. That'll help us keep doing what we're doing and give you guys way more content in return over there on Rise.TV. Uh, so if you like what you're doing or you can find it in your heart, we'd really appreciate it. It'll keep everything going, keep the lights on and everything. Mm-hmm. All right. So, we so we've, got a, we've actually got to go over to rise.tv pretty soon. Did you want to talk about something else before we do that? Well, we have, we were going to get into the, uh, the moon rock radioactive moon rock. Uh, yes. And, yes. Okay. And then, um, we have the international space station thing so yeah this won't yeah so okay so scientists discover mysterious radioactive rock on the side on the far side of the moon i honestly at this point anything that they tell us what it is i don't believe it (laughs) i know right (laughs) i'm just gonna state that up front i'm gonna say what they're what they claim it to be 
I highly doubt this is what it is, but they have discovered and confirmed a radioactive granite formation underneath the surface of the far side of the moon. Um, it was in a, a paper that came out. This unexpected rock formation might offer researchers some clues about our moon's, moon's long history. Because the main thing is, as Rob and I have explained this multiple times on the show, and we even have like a whole series about the moon, uh, nothing makes sense for any explanation they have about the moon. Um, some say that it came from Earth, like broke off of Earth, which doesn't make sense because titan I think it's titanium. There's a yeah. lot of titanium on the moon, and that's not it's, very common. Well, common it's not just titanium. It's an it ultra-purified ultra version right. of titanium that can only really be reached by tampering of some sort. The other explanation was that it was some kind of giant space rock that was hurling through space and then it caught in the Earth's orbit. But that doesn't make sense either because it's hollow. <laughs> well, that we, we actually it has been confirmed that it's hollow, but because the sun's gravitational pull is way stronger. So it would have bypassed the Earth and went towards the sun and not Earth. So because of the size of of it as well so it's like 30 percent the size of earth in most satellites and moons are only five up to five percent the size of their planet so that's also doesn't make any sense so probably the most uh, unlikely scenario is more likely the case for the moon so. Well, it, it just also I think just regarding this radioactive rock, which is so interesting. Why are none of the other rocks radioactive? And this one is <laughs> that's the other. Aspect. Where did it, where did the radioactive rock, you know, where are they saying it came from versus where it really came from? I mean, yeah. And how did it get radioactive? That's the other aspect. That's what I mean, thing, it's right? like yeah. that, that. Yeah. So they said that it was um, there's like several volcanoes and but honestly, this, there are no volcanoes on them. It's volcanoes, too. I know. It's like, I, I don't know. There's a volcano. We would have seen to. it erupt at some point in the last 13,000 years. They're trying to still come across as if the moon is this normal planetoid. Yeah. Like, it's not. And that's from our understanding and from our research of many 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 um nights of researching this and putting it all together uh it's just nothing makes sense and also like one of the things that we pointed out about the moon is the craters um yeah, those would like, be much deeper much incredibly incredibly deep the deepest crater crater is only um four, f within 4 miles isn't it i think it, i think it was within 4 miles and that could actually be could be less but anyway it was it was a certain amount and none of them go deeper no i know what it was it was like if one one of the craters if it's the the for the size the, the, the circumference the, the circumference of it it should be four miles deep but it's not right that's, okay that's what it was it yeah, was in, and all it, of the all of the um all of the the like meteors or whatever that have hit like the level is all at the same level. None of them, oh, every go single that. one of them, every single one of them, which doesn't make sense either. So no. a lot of things don't, doesn't add up with that. So <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, 
not saying that the world is flat by all means. I, I just, we were just saying that there's something way deeper going on with the moon there. Uh, so anyway, so it will be interesting. I'm going to I want to keep kind of an eye on this to see what other people are saying. Maybe other people that are talking about it outside of, um, you know, the normal scientific community, but, um, you know, have some knowledge and understanding of these things. Yeah, we had a couple of episodes on mood madness, um, metaphysical, and then a bunch of episodes in Edge of Wonder. Yeah, we had a lot. Everything had a live show. And okay, last but not least, before we jump off here and do the weirder news and talk about, uh, do a Q&A too. So there was a, um, this is interesting because the International Space Station, they have a live feed. You can watch mm-hmm, the yeah. live feed. And there did seem to be some kind of UFO that went on this live feed and it was caught for almost 20 minutes. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't think this, this, what we're going to be watching here is the full, it's not the full 20 minutes, but it was floating around um, for 20 minutes. This is a UFO that was observed for 22 minutes near the International Space Station. I think it was in 2020 or before. The object is of a shape and size that is not recognizable as any known rocket or capsule and appears to move in a straight line upward and disappear. It could be an alien spaceship, a secret U.S. Air Force stealth device, or some new type of technology, but it is something peculiar. The NASA camera zooms in on the object, but the crew members seem unaware of it or do not mention it much, although the object is described as being pyramid or hive-shaped. Hmm. This is a UFO. Yeah. So it, yeah, that looks big too. I mean, we're talking, it looks like it could be like 300 feet at least. Well, and it looks like it's parked itself right in front of the camera on purpose. (laughs) That's what it does look like that. (laughs) I'm kind of more voting for some kind of black ops. That looks U.S. Air Force. It it really does. It's like all black, you know, um, Mm. what's yeah and there's some stuff that i've heard that gets that high that they use for you know surveillance and stuff yeah i i I wouldn't doubt it at all i wouldn't at all doubt it and it's interesting because a lot of the crafts like the real alien crafts seem mostly metallic and um chrome from from a lot of the stories i've heard rather than like jet black and it's it's almost like if something is jet black it's probably one of ours. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> so, yeah, not not that doesn't necessarily mean it, it's always like that. I'm just I was just like from from a lot of the things that I've been hearing now from some of these UFO guys and the military and everything. It seems to be the case. A lot of the crafts that they have seem to be more chrome metallic in nature. So. All right. Well, it's time to go over to rise.tv now where we're going to do a live Q&A where you guys ask us your questions. We give us your best answer. Uh, we give you our best answer, rather. And uh, <laughs> and then, yes, we're going to do the weirder news of the week. And we've got some doozies in there. So if you can. And mermaids. Mermaids. That's right. Yeah, we got yeah. this thing on mermaids. So if you can, please uh, subscribe to Rise.TV. Come over and join us. We'd love to have you over there. Have a good time. And uh, it'll really help us uh, overcome a lot of the censorship that's that's hit us and also deliver you guys a lot more content. So you're really helping everybody out a lot uh, on the team that works so hard to get you this content. And uh, yeah, we could, we could really use the help. So 
Um, without further ado, we'll head over to rise.tv. Thank you guys so much for watching and for being with us. Um, we love y'all and, uh, yeah, have a great weekend. What if I told you that octopuses are so smart, they may even have extra sensory abilities. That's right. I'm talking about a psychic octopus. That sounds like a terrible B horror movie. What's happening? It's a huge squid. It's got the glider. In 2010, during the FIFA World Cup in South Africa, an octopus in Germany correctly predicted the outcomes for all seven of the German team's soccer matches. But he also picked Spain to win the final against the Netherlands. The octopus who was named Paul. Who names an octopus, Paul? This octopus, Paul, indicated his favored teams by choosing between food and glass cases containing flags of two opposing teams. You've heard about Cthulhu and the Kraken. You've wondered about superpowers in the occult. You've seen movies and TV shows reveal truths that even they may not have realized. Is a cephalopod takeover on the horizon? Are eels interdimensional? Have reckless oil companies unleashed an evil on the world that they don't want you to know about? Join Edge of Wonder for a deep dive into the cryptids of the abyss. It's time for our Q&A of the week. Sorry, my camera got all blurry there for a minute. There we go. Um, 